Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy and here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Mr. Jerry Springer. Thank you. Exciting. This is exciting to see everyone because last week... Uh, because no one we was here. Right, because we weren't at the coffee shop because the people here were at the Whispering, Whispering Beer Folk Festival. Which Folk Friendship Indiana. I attended over the weekend. It's a great festival. It was amazing. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Big Dan, for yeah. an amazing yeah. festival. And, uh, yeah, did we, oh, did you, like, did you camp out there? Because it's like... No, I didn't, I didn't, yeah. no. You know, I remember <laughs> a couple of years ago you did in your little Yeah, tent. and Megan camped out too there, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, by the way... So we, oh, I just want to finish the sentence, and the part, it's nice to see you all back because we were, we did it in the studios. Yep, uh, ambient but studios. Was no one in the studio. Including me. Right, you yeah. weren't I there. wasn't Yeah, there. yeah, work-related <laughs> deal, and... So it was like we were just talking to yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Which, hey, by the way, g- let's give a serious nod to the people in South Texas that yeah. at yes. the time of this yep. Yep. podcast are going through a horrific 800-year uh, rain event. It was started yeah. with a hurricane, but yep. it's now just a rain event, but a horrible rain event. It, it is so amazing to watch on television the people that are pouring in there and how the... Even the first responders have said, yeah, bring your boat in. If you have a Zodiac or a John boat, launch it and come here. We'll tell you addresses. And if you yeah. can GPS your way to that, what was a neighborhood, get some people out. Yep. Quite amazing. So at the, sure, the federal government's there, the state government, the local government, but it's, it's that American spirit. Forget about red state, blue and all state, honestly, skin like, yep. color. We went through this before in 2000. We went through this with Katrina. We saw the same thing. And exactly. like to see this kind of camaraderie and come together and again. That's the but, real America. Yeah. That's yep. just amazing. And you can't help but watch those pictures and not feel the humor. You say, oh, but for the grace of God, what, yeah. if, what if you're in that? And, you know, people are losing everything. Yeah. And now here's where it even turns worse for a lot of people is that if you get, when you have homeowner's insurance yeah. and you get homeowner's insurance, if you own a home or even renter's insurance, and then they always say, or they might say, would you like flood insurance? And you go, nah, I don't need that. I'm tight on money. Sure. And then a flood comes. Well, it's of no exactly. value. If you're wiped out by a flood and you don't have flood insurance. Now, people in the floodplain, they're required to get it. We face the same thing That's in, good. in Florida. Even for your mortgage. But, yeah. You're, you're required Right, right. Yeah. We have to get flood insurance. Yeah. But for the vast majority of the people in, in Houston, uh, in that area, they don't have flood insurance. And yeah. wow, you so know, the recovery is going to be for, for years. years. Yep. So pray for them, Thoughts send money prayers, to the American sure. Red Cross for them. It's as yep. simple as just going on to the American Red Cross uh, website. And that's where they want. They want to have one funnel of trustworthy source to have the yeah. money go in there. Yep. Uh, I went to Katrina because we did, were doing Air America at the time, the radio show. Yep. And I uh, had a press pass. I was able to go. only oh two gosh, kinds I of people that. could yeah. go into New Orleans after Katrina. Yeah. Three kinds: military, uh, law enforcement, all, they're all first responders, and yeah. journalists. Yeah. I mean, they had check lines set up, and they vetted you at the check line, and then you go in. Yeah. And by the way, 
it was eerie because once you got in there, you were on your own. There were live wires laying around, sure. sparking, and nobody. It's like, you're in here now. You got to keep yourself safe. It was very weird. But you can see the stories these journalists are bringing out. And they're important to people donating to the American sure. Red Cross. Yep. We got to see this and feel this. It's horrible. And there are enough. Oh, yeah, it's, it's great to see everybody respond. And, and this clearly is no time to be political, but it's hard not to see the hypocrisy when, when uh, the East Coast went through with Sandy Hook. Yeah. And uh, the, the horrible you know, consequences of that hurricane several years ago and the devastation there. And with one exception, every, every Republican congressman from Texas voted no on the bill for Sandy. aid to for Sandy Hurricane Hook. Sandy, yeah. you know, and, and Ted Cruz is up there you know, leading the charge to vote no. And now all of a sudden, oh my gosh, we, we, we need help. And of course, thank God, all the you know, other states, the eastern states, the congressmen, every, everyone's now saying we're going to help. We're going to help down there in Texas. It just would have been nice if some of those congressmen, when it was in another part of the country, would have felt that same compassion. It is just the lesson to say, you know, if, if anyone in our country is hurting, we all have to chip in and help. And we can't say this isn't my state, so screw you. And it's maybe, not the time to get stingy and yeah. yep. political. Well, on a, a much better note, lighter note, we get lots and lots of you emails. Know it's a better How note much email do we get, Gene? Tell us. Well, yeah, what? <laughs> well, let's just put it this way, Megan. <laughs> How does anyone even know where to send the email? You send it just them to goes Gene to Gene Like, that's it. G-E-N-E, J-E-N-E, it doesn't matter. I work J-E-A-N. J-E-A-N-N-E. <laughs> I worked them all in. So no, these, I get, I get okay. so many. I probably spend, of the time I spend per week on the podcast. 72 I, hours I, online? Well, no, I, I put it in percentages. I probably spend 60, 70% of my time just dealing with the mail and responding to the That's mail. That's a full 10 minutes. <laughs> I was Holy hoping. cow. You were hoping that would I was just hoping you, Jerry, Oh, no, I, no, I was hoping you, you would get the point? lead in. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I got this email on... He got I scanned through it, but it says, uh, Dear Mr. Springer, one can only hope you know the gem you have in your sidekick co-host, Gene Galvin. It's huh. interesting. It's no about wonder me. that's the one you picked out. <laughs> <laughs> my, my co-workers... the one he sent? <laughs> yeah. My co-workers and I listen to your show on our 50-minute commute to work. We find ourselves every other day spending those minutes recalling the insightful, pithy things Mr. Galvin said on the previous <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Both things Gene has said on the podcast over the last 12 years. <laughs> he, has, he has insight, charm, pathos, and a boldness we only remember from the time. Mitch, we appreciate your email. <laughs> yeah. No, trust me, it did not come from his son. <laughs> he has insight, charm, pathos, and a boldness we only remember from the times of a young James Dean. We trust... <laughs> Megan, I'm just reading. Yeah. <laughs> Gene, I gotta tell you. Oh, man. So it goes without saying that you must, if you want to keep him in your employ, be compensating him at the level he's truly worth. You are being compensated <laughs> at the level you're truly worth. He's free. I can swear to God. 
Gene's not getting paid. <laughs> we didn't even rehearse this, did we? <laughs> Mr. Springer, you seem like an honorable man. <laughs> ah, he ruined another sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the funniest line in the thing. So, know, Mr. Springer, that your audience values Mr. Galvin and wishes him great economic success. We were talking just the other day on our ride to work. How long that is. <laughs> that wouldn't it be nice if Mr. Galvin arrived to work one podcast evening and discovered, say, the keys for a new home, say, in Colorado, sitting on his side of the table Give at the coffee letter. shop. I'm done. I'm done with this. This is not, I can't. Anyway, you decide. <laughs> we know you'll do the right thing for your audience and, in turn, that wonderful Mr. Galvin. And it's signed, just a simple listener, uh, Thomas K. Galvin, Kettering, Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, so. I just... Well, he it's is an a simple just, just pull him off. It's, it's, was it Rip it's and Reed? It's called a Rip and Reed. Reed. <laughs> yeah. That's a Rip and Reed. Hey, Jerry, uh, again, and I'll pick up on what the writer wrote. You're, you seem like a fair man, but we, uh, Megan, we went to Charlevoix with our spouses and Lewis. You know Lewis and his yeah, spouse. Yeah, Lewis Beck, yeah. And we uh, had a wonderful weekend. And we Thanks had, for the invite. I appreciate well, that. Yeah, I yeah, really I appreciate it. That's a fair point. <laughs> And Frank we, and I have really appreciated that. Well, <laughs> did you get lost on the way? Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> but we uh, had the annual uh, Jerry Springer Classic. It's a golf match. And Jerry and Lewis and I play. And I always, and I had a doctor's note this time asking for three strokes so, a hole. I have a couple questions I, real quick, real quick. First of all, do you cheat? Of course. Okay. <laughs> well, Do it's cheaper cheat? than lessons. No. Okay. And I want to say that to no. all the kids listening out there. Yeah. Having golf lessons are very expensive. Yeah. But if you cheat, you can get this, any score you want. Okay. Without the lessons. Thank you, Uncle Without Jerry. Without the lessons. Yeah. And who knows? You put it your card. How many times in life does someone say, can I see your last uh, scorecard? Yeah. When they say, what you shoot? It's the yeah, three over. Who knows? <laughs> I, I tell Jerry the whole time, Lewis is cheating. And I'm probably cheating too. And here's what he does. He can't relax. Because I'm counting. I know they cheat. Because he knows so he's, I'm, cheating. he's cheating. So I'm counting. Yeah, because you don't want to cheat less than he does because then you lose. Yeah. So if I know yeah. he's knocking two strokes off his score, I got to knock three. That's a lot of work. I get a headache by the end of the game. I asked Jerry, and I had a doctor's note to show it, that I have a condition that my doctor referred to, and I'm sure this is not the clinical term, claw hand. And I can't, Pretty I can't, sure that's nothing clinical. And, uh, well, I even said something. But this hand, I can cheap. go like this. I can take that, the forefinger and the thumb and bring it together. I used to be able to do it on this hand like that, but, but now, now I can't. Can. Yeah. <laughs> and I have asked him, give me two... Three, preferably, but at least two three strokes, strokes a hole. Three strokes a hole. Wouldn't do it. No. Your doctor no. wouldn't write you a note for two strokes a hole. Is, is your is Well, he your didn't per- guarantee that we wouldn't have a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> at our age, so it's always let, an Let me get this straight. Gene's complaint this week on the podcast that is his doctor wouldn't give him a note for extra strokes so on the golf course. So his very first shot on the first tee. I have to really tell you, this nice is like... And honestly, 
And yeah. you won't believe this, but I really don't curse. No, yes. no you really don't. I really don't. You really do. But we, Louis and I were cursing unbelievably yeah. at you because the first shot after all this crying and moping, and we're getting tired of it, was a great first shot. And you SOB, so you did great that first time. So, but so then everything went down. This, I said, stick around. <laughs> did he did he tee off better than you? Did he have a longer first drive? It, like, was, it was longer. And right down the center. I wasn't exactly down the center. <laughs> it was <laughs> right, right down the center. But who ultimately won? I, I wasn't there, Jerry. You're looking at me like I can't help Just you out here. Say it. Did you win, Jerry? He won. Funny Jerry won. Yeah. I got no credit for it. He won. Oh, okay. He's my boss, kid. Let's he let's go ahead. He won. My Wait. clubs, though, I have one eight hundred clubs. Every well, you cl- do. this is true. Every club I have, I got I purchased late at night on a one eight hundred number. <laughs> You know where they give you all these little contraptions? I am addicted to that. It's We've got horrible. the ball cleaner and the cat and the yeah. towel and the bag. All. all of this. And if you call right now. All these gimmick clubs. <laughs> a lot of gimmick clubs. You do. I yeah. do. Yeah. Well, but. that's who you are, Mr. Springer. And then a the whole thing. <laughs> I'm making a career on a gimmick. Yeah. And, and then the whole weekend culminated in watching the uh, fight, mm-hmm. the pay-per-view fight. Uh, hmm. Money Mayweather against uh, the Irish, the Irish uh, guy, Conor, Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor. Yeah. and uh, it made me think of something. I, my memory is is, and correct me if I'm wrong, that as a kid, you were a boxer as a kid. That Jerry, you were Jerry Springer gloves. was a boxer. No. no, okay, let's put this in perspective. <laughs> I have never ever in my, which is almost embarrassing, but I can honestly say. I have never been in a physical fight in my life. We all believe that. So I had that wrong. Even as a kid, except my parents were concerned that I was such a wuss (laughs) that they gave me, I went to the YMCA to have boxing lessons. Oh, so you did. You did. I took boxing boxing lessons lessons at the YMCA because I would never, like most kids grow up in New York, they have fights in the schoolyard. Not Gerald. I never did. I honestly... Well, because if you're in a fight, the person can hit back. Yes. It never struck me. Yeah, they can. That's a good thing to do. <laughs> what was the fun in that? I'd rather they call me names and a sissy and everything else. At least you don't get physically hurt. I mean, that face of yours is your selling point. So I understand <laughs> wanting to get that yeah. hurt. <laughs> I found telling jokes. Sure. And uh, running very fast. Very <laughs> fast. I was always very fast. I could run. Anyway, so I boxed in in the YMCA. I learned yeah, parts of it. that's good. Yeah. Um, so how is this relevant? I, it, it, I just Gene. had this memory, and Master I thought maybe... Yeah. Oh, when we were watching the fight. Oh, yeah. I was a boxing fan as a kid, because back then, you know, we cared who... We, growing up as kids, who the heavyweight champ of the world was. Sure. I mean, I grew up in the era of... Rocky Marciano and, you know, and then Muhammad Ali and all that. So that was kind of neat. I thought the fight this past weekend was important for the sport of boxing because if Mayweather would have lost, really boxing would have been 
demeaned. Because he was fighting Conor McGregor, who came from the ultimate fighter right. the UFC. movement. Right. Yeah. UFC. Yep. But it would mean Caged matches. But he had never, little, you know, he had never fought professionally like as boxing, a boxer. Boxing, yeah. And yeah. if someone who's a great street fighter, which is basically what yep. he if a great street fighter who has never been in a boxing match can beat one of the greatest boxers ever, it would basically say that who cares who the champion boxer Good is point, because Karen. you're not that tough. You know, so all they said, the heavyweight champion of the world and all that, it would just demean the sport. So I, I really think he was fighting yes. for more than, and then we were going to bet money. Yeah. Oh, who bet what? I have well, to hear this. We <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Why is now, that? No, I don't think you should go No, I shouldn't that. go into that. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. It's no, well, just that it's wrong. We're losers. No. We didn't even know who to call. And we were. <laughs> yeah. And ladies yeah, and gentlemen, the only name I mean, we could think of truth. Like, was Pete be, Rose. Yeah. We just kept saying, we'll because call we Pete call Rose. Because we were going to, at one point, and I won't give you the reason why, but anyway, we were going to bet a lot of money on the underdog. Figuring, okay. Not my money. I don't have a lot yeah. of money. Those two Jeez, guys have a lot bucks. of money. But yeah. what if we put down X amount, and we're prepared to lose it. It won't change our life if we lose it. But if we win and it's 12 to 1, oh, my gosh, we're talking millions. So you were going to have to, like, Jerry so we could thought, be Well, our wealthy. wives were going crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Oh. But, and, and we're sitting around going, well, even if you wanted to make who do you call? Pete Rose. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Got it. Yeah. And uh, got it. I wouldn't have any trouble making the news then. <laughs> Turns out Jerry Springer's well, back you had in the to news. Call someone in Vegas because everywhere else it's illegal. I assume. Jerry. Like, hey, do one thing. Can't. Don't, don't do it all. But I just want people to understand. Jerry's sort of like a savant. I mean, there's just certain things An he knows. An idiot savant do. or just a savant? Jerry, <laughs> the idiot. from the, I guess it's Johansson. Johansson Patterson. Johansson Patterson. Just June, do June it. June 26, 1959. Just when do a little clip. Back now and watch, forth, watch. He's, there's so not weird. reading anything. Les uh, Kider. Les no. Kider is the announcer. Ingemar Johansson is the challenger from Gothenburg, Sweden. And he's going to fight Floyd Patterson, who's like the six or seven to one favorite. And he, Johansson was coming over from Sweden to fight, and no one gave him a chance. But I kind of liked the guy. You know, he was, uh, he studied, he wasn't a traditional boxer. He just, he was, uh, you know, he uh, studied Shakespeare. He came to New York, didn't train. He went to Grossinger's, which was a resort with his live-in girlfriend, which back in 1959 was unheard of to do publicly. And he says, I don't need to train. And he says, I got thunder and lightning. I got a right hand. All I have to do is throw it, and the fight will be over. And everyone was making fun of him. And so now here's the fight. And I went to see the fight because it was the first fight on, in movie theaters, closed-circuit television, where you could watch it. Because up to then, the fights had been on radio. So my dad, we had just gotten a new tape recorder, and my dad, uh, he taped the fight for me, uh, he recorded the fight for me on radio while I was at the fight. When I came home, and Johansson won, and when I came home, I was so excited, I'd listened to that so often that to this day, 60 years later, 
I, I memorized just the do a, Just do a little piece so of it. Good evening, okay. Americans and everyone across the scene, Canada and Europe. You're Hansel and Patterson, their third meeting in the guessing game, right up to ringside. At long range, Patterson, the stiff left jab, is your Hansel in black trunks, both of them in black trunks, backs away. Circling around from left to right. That's right, and down goes Patterson. The right hand landed, the thunder left. <sighs> That's messed up. <laughs> Badass, Jerry. I'm oh, sorry. Tell you what, Gene, if, if you, you can't want do to, that. no, I can't do that. If you Jerry, want to, after badass. the podcast, he'll do the whole fight. That's just like. <laughs> well, how many rounds did it last? Three rounds? Two. What was it? No, well, the first fight went three rounds. Yeah. And uh, so that's like how many rounds? And the first three minutes around. Yeah. So you could right. do about 10 minutes of that without stopping. You can do the whole thing. Just like he much. names the presidents. Like the man can yeah. go. It's weird. You do have I'm a the, you yeah. have a gift in some weird realms. Yeah, yeah. When, when do I get the gift? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a gift here. Uh, speaking of gifts, yes. watch this, Megan. I'm, gonna, I'm <laughs> waiting for this. Might make a marvel at this. Go. Speaking of gifts, Sheriff Joe Apayo got oh. one Boom. last Friday night. Oh, nice. Uh, that. I don't know. Some of us, it just didn't feel right. What's well, your take on that? Well, the pardon uh, of Sheriff Joe Apayo by President Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, just as background, uh, Sheriff Joe Apayo, uh, the sheriff in uh, around Phoenix, Arizona, he'd been there for 25 years. Uh, in fact, about 20 years ago. Uh, my show went out to Arizona because he he was a sheriff. He he's a racist, and I don't say that lightly. He's an avowed racist. It's not anything he, you know he he wants America to be you know white, and he wants the Mexicans out of uh, Arizona, and he he wants the wall, and he's the one that's heading the deportations and. He's harassing Latinos, unbelievably so, in violation of the Constitution. And we'll get into that in a second. But he was the first one to have female chain gangs. So we went out there, my crazy television show, just to go on location to see his female chain gangs. Really? And he had what he created a tent city where the prisoners were living in these cages outdoors in the blistering Arizona heat. Um, I mean, it was just, it, it was awful. This is a bad, a bad character. Now, he just, when I say he's an avowed racist, and, and by the way, when people criticized him, he had them arrested. And I'm talking about journalists, county supervisors, a judge, one judge that was hearing his case. He had his, the judge's wife uh, with a private investigator investigating her trying to get dirt on her. I mean, he's just, you know, and he says, nobody tells me what to do. I don't care what the courts tell me. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And finally, uh, he was defeated in an election last time, lost by 10%. Finally, Arizona said, enough. This is a really, really bad person. Let me give you an example of what he did to Latinos. He wanted them all out. So he would have helicopters uh, buzzing the homes in the Latin and the Latino community, excuse me, and uh, buzzing the homes. He would set up, he would have the police officers line up along the roads. 
And when you were driving, if you were white, they let you go, but they stopped anyone who appeared to be Latino, and they would have a search of their cars. I don't mean like once in a while. I mean literally everyone. And obviously, lawsuits were filed. And the court found that, and the court ruled that you cannot detain drivers. Um, two constitutional problems. You cannot detain someone if you don't have reasonable grounds to believe that a crime may have been committed. So that's the first thing. That's uh, stopping every Latino when you don't have reasonable grounds to believe that they've committed a crime or that they're here illegally or anything else. Uh, that's a violation of the Constitution, uh, illegal search and seizures. Also, if you're only stopping Latinos and you don't stop anyone who visibly looks white, then you're also violating the Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution. So you can't just pick on one group. Everyone's entitled to equal protection of the laws. So he's clearly violated the Constitution. And so in the court hearing, the court ruled that he has to stop detaining people unless the officer has reasonable grounds to believe that a crime's been committed. He said to the court, I don't care what you rule, I'm going to continue doing it, and no one's going to tell me what to do. Well, another court then stepped in and found him guilty of contempt of court. Here you had the sheriff, law enforcement officials in that county, clearly violating the Constitution, and now violating a court order, basically saying, the courts cannot tell us what to do. We're not going to listen. So he was convicted and faces the prospect of six months in prison for criminal contempt of a court order. Now, he's 85 years old. So what makes this a big issue, frankly, who cares anymore if he goes to jail for six months? The damage he did was done on the one hand. On the other hand, this is a critical case for two reasons. Number one, Trump, for the first time, decided to issue a pardon. His first pardon of all the people in America that have applied for pardons, and some of who really deserve it, and there's a whole process you go through, this is the one American he picks to pardon an avowed racist who basically said to the court, screw you, you can't tell me what to do. I don't care what your court order is. I'm going to do what I want. So he's found guilty. It should be on his way to prison, but Trump pardons him. Now, two conclusions from that. Number one, this is probably the single most obvious case of Trump's enabling racism. I mean, this is clear cut. You know, you could say his response to Charlottesville was he's just not real sensitive on the issue, he's not paying attention, he's a dunce, whatever. So that was reaction, the wrong reaction, but it was just a reaction. But to purposely, and pick, by the way, while the hurricane's going on, while the tragedy in Houston's going on, and all attention is focused there on a Friday evening, he sneaks in, this pardon for his buddy who is this avowed racist. That is an absolutely racist act, and he did that. That's the first thing. But perhaps 
the greater issue is that he, in a sense, has eliminated the only check we have on the power of the executive or the only check we have on the president. Think about it. We started this country because we wanted to run away from a king. We wanted to make sure that a king could not do anything he wants, that we would create a government with checks and balances. That's the whole purpose of the Constitution, that there's something there to stop a president. You have the courts. You have a Congress, and you have the courts that can check the power of a president. But if you permit, when a court checks the power of a president, saying what you're doing is unconstitutional, what you are doing is against the fabric of the country, and a president can then turn around and simply pardon anyone who violates the Constitution, anyone that does what he wants, then basically, what can stop a president from doing anything? What stops him from saying to the local police, hey, if you want to do search and seizure of any Hispanic person, of any African-American person you want, don't worry if you get convicted for illegal search and seizure in court. I'll pardon you. That's what the pardon can do. And think about it. Now you got the Russian investigation. Didn't he basically send a message, which may have been his ultimate purpose, to all the people that are now being investigated by Mueller that, oh, by the way, you don't have to squeal on me. Keep quiet. Don't worry if they convict you or hold you in contempt because I'm going to pardon you. You're all covered. No consequence. Because the power of the president to pardon, he can pardon for anything except impeachment. That is what has happened with this move. That is why this is so dangerous. Trump is showing that he is not afraid. I mean, remember Nixon. What if Nixon had said, and by gosh, let's give Nixon credit for this, because even Nixon, with all the bad things he did, even understood that America is based on the separation of powers, and he wasn't going to violate a court order. Because what Nixon could have done with those tapes and then he never would have been thrown out of office because without the tapes, there wouldn't have been enough evidence. It would have looked too political. He could have handed the tapes to Rosemary, I think that was her name, his secretary, or anyone in his administration, to Haldeman, Ehrlichman. Here are the tapes. Wink, wink. Burn them. He wouldn't say that, but he'd wink like, fire. Burn the tapes. The court finds out that his assistant or whatever burned the tapes and finds that person in contempt. You're going to sit in prison. And then Nixon would turn around and say, you're pardoned. So basically, Nixon could have stayed in office if he didn't understand the integrity of our court system. Trump doesn't understand that. Now, before you get too depressed, there are two ways out. The first probably won't happen, but it's and I'm not running for Congress, but if I were sitting in Congress or sitting in the Senate, I think this is what I'd like to do. And maybe you'd get some Republicans to go along with it. What if Congress passed a resolution 
And the resolution would say, it's just a resolution, if the president, which he has every legal right to do, issues a pardon on someone who has been convicted or charged or convicted of, if he issues a pardon to those people who have either won been charged with a crime to uh, affect our democracy, for example, the voting, or for someone who has been convicted of interfering with the constitutional rights of another citizen, if the president chooses to pardon anyone charged or not yet tried or convicted of obstruction of justice, interfering with the democratic process, or violating the constitutional rights of any citizen, a filing for formal impeachment will be undertaken. The purpose of this resolution is to give the warning ahead of time, because afterwards it'll be too political. But if we now warn Trump, Democrats and Republicans alike, let Mueller find out whatever he finds out. But know this, you have a right to issue a pardon. But if you issue a pardon in these circumstances where someone is charged with interfering with the democracy, with our democratic process, like messing with the voting machines, or violating the constitutional rights of a citizen, or obstruction of justice, if you pardon those people in this case, we will start impeachment proceedings. It's hard to say this is political then. It's hard for a Republican to argue against that. All we're saying is we're letting the president know this power, which you rightfully have, but if you use it in this instant, we will. We have the power of impeachment because that's the only way we can stop you. Because if we don't do that, he can do anything he wants, commit any crime he wants, like he says, shooting someone on Fifth Avenue, which, by the way, he can't do because that's a state crime and he doesn't have the right to pardon on state crimes. But... You know, but that notion that on any federal crime he can get away with, why are we tolerating that regardless of your politics? That's the most un-American thing you can get. Now here's the good news. Because this resolution I'm proposing probably will go nowhere, the other thing which is more likely to happen is the president has the power to pardon anyone, even before being convicted, of a possible federal crime. But he has no authority to pardon someone for a state crime. And most crimes are state crimes, including some of the things that Trump is potentially liable for right now. They had that meeting at the Trump Tower in New York State. There are laws in New York State against, against having a conspiracy to hack, to have computer hacking of any kind into Democratic headquarters, into Hillary's things, into fi the financial crimes that they're looking at, dealing with foreign powers. These are state crimes in many states. Apparently, 39 states have been hacked into. That means in 39 states, the state prosecutors, if Mueller gets fired, or if everyone Mueller gets, it's going to be pardoned by 
Trump, what's to stop state prosecutors from now bringing these charges against the very people that Mueller has? Because the state prosecutors are allowed to get the federal testimony of the federal grand juries. It's been done in the past where Mueller will just hand over all the testimony to state prosecutors. State and federal government often work hand in hand in trying to get criminals. So when you're in despair that, oh my gosh, what, I'm going to say if, because we don't know as a fact, but if Trump and his campaign committed crimes, serious crimes, the good news is he's not going to be able to get away with it just by pardoning these people because he doesn't have the right to pardon the people for state crimes and some of what he, the, he's alleged to have done is a state crime. Thank you, Sherry. And now back you. to golf. <laughs> I, You're so bad at golf. We don't have to go there, dear. Like, I respect you and I like you as a boss. We don't have to talk about your golf. Um, we have Arlo McKinney coming up here, though. <laughs> and if I remember correctly, sir, you have joined us before very, very early on in this podcast. Yes, yes. Thank like, you very much. Like, I think much. second or third episode, yeah. Arlo it was, joined it was, us. It was early. Yeah. yeah. You, you survived it. And turns out, Jerry, your name did not wreck his whole career. He's back. No, I'm good. (laughs) He couldn't wreck me. So what have you been up to since then, my friend? Uh, Same thing. Just still playing. Traveled a little bit. Uh, Traveled quite a bit. Yeah? Just still doing it. Still trying to. All right. Well, so tonight you're going to sing for us. Um, So... Since the last time you've been traveling, you've been doing this stuff. Is there new music in the studio, or is this all like on the road kind of stuff that we're that you're bringing back to us? Uh, it's all we're we have the songs ready for the new record. We cool. start recording at the end of uh, September. Awesome. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna play some stuff that's gonna be off the new. This record. one's Simple Truth. Yes. Awesome. Yes. I love your T-shirt, man. Thank you very much. <laughs> you guys can't see it at home. He's got the Ohio State in the middle of the American flag. Looks great. I love Ohio. Yeah, me too. I'm a, I'm a Cincinnati <laughs> kid for sure. Therefore, I am announcing today. <laughs> Jerry, knock it off like we can't even right now. Fill my head with all your good ideas The doctor says we've got a few more good years And then I'm a goner And then I'm a goner Let's do this while we can Every night these lights shine down on me Illuminate my scars for all to see I no longer hide them I no longer hide them They are a 
that where did that come from and, and I have no idea just wrote it <laughs> <laughs> just wrote this beautiful song out of nowhere right. <laughs> no I don't know I think uh, I think we spend too much time uh, not telling the ones we love that we love them and worry about what people are liking about our lives mm. sure. on social media things and it's good just to take a little time out of your day to Tell someone that you do care about, that you care about them, because I think it's easy to forget that stuff sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. if it's if it is about anything, I guess that would be it. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with sending a message that way. It's kind of amazing. I guess people <laughs> just don't have my number. And, <laughs> and really, Jerry, no one wants to call feels. you, <laughs> no right. even if they did. No one seems to be calling. <laughs> Oh, baby, that's sweet. It's, it, it's uh, area code. It no. doesn't happen no. enough. And that, that's so, the thing. It doesn't so happen anyway, enough. So anyway, Arlo has another song, Jerry. Yes. <laughs> it's called All That I Could Do. Is that correct? And you don't have to call Jerry and tell him that you love him. Yeah. But if anyone wants to, 555. If you need In to give movies. some love, Jerry's yeah. always receptive. Yeah. <laughs> so Arlo, All That I Could Do. Another new one? Yeah. Yeah, let's hear it. I was thinking about those plans we made. different time, it was a different place And I'd wipe the tears that ran down your face It's all that I could do But you're still with me now Somehow I'll never let you go 
times we had We took the good, we took the bad And I'd hold you in your heart, God said all that I could do But you're still with me now Somehow I'll never let you go But you're still with me now I'll never let you go Thank you very much. Awesome. All right, Arlo, for, for those of us who would like to learn more about your music, where can we find you, sir? Uh, on Facebook. I mean, you could give us your name. It would help. Oh, Arlo McKinley and Lonesome Sound. Awesome. Do you have like a regular website or can we find you on iTunes, anything like that? You can find me on iTunes, Spotify. M-C-K-I-N-L-E-Y, correct, sir? Yes, McKinley. Yes, McKinley. Yes, yes. All right. So you're going to take us out this evening? Casey's going to. With I'm, one I'm, I'm Mr. Gonna Casey help. Campbell. Casey Campbell. He's saving <laughs> me on this one. I mean, this boy knows what he's doing, so let's see what he's got. <laughs>
Thanks to Patrick Henry for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. Now you hear? Thank you.